Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking at dinner or cutting the grass, which you turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. I want to do this thing from God's perspective, which means you're going to have to die to flesh. It means if we lose everything of this world in this thing, but we gain Christ and we're living cool for Christ and we're enjoying Christ then, who, then we got to get to the place it doesn't matter. And the way that's real is because your relationship with God gets so real. Where you really, let me tell you, when you, as you mature and you continue to walk into a deeper place of worship, when you know that you've hit worship, you don't care what happens to you. You will go anywhere. You will die for him. You really mean it. You tell him he's everything. You love him with everything, whatever he wants. You'll tell him some of the things you're asking him for. And if you're like me, it's your children and your grandchildren and and people you love that they would come to know him. You don't want anybody to take the mark of the beast because they're lukewarm. Isn't it amazing that God would first do a great shaking on the whole planet so the lukewarm Christians would have to make a decision so that they would already be able to deal with all that before the mark of the beast comes up? The mark of the beast is very clear where it happens in Scripture. It's not even a hidden thing. It happens after an antichrist ruler takes over and there's three and a half years. We're not there yet. There's a three and a half year period where only the Christians who have eyes wide open recognize this, something's wrong. This is the Antichrist. This is counterfeit. And there's a heavy persecution in those three and a half years. And how many were already up to it? Some. But there's a heavy persecution. I'm talking about the kind of persecution where they're going to hate churches. Everybody else is on board with the plan, even the Jews, just so everybody knows it. When, when this Antichrist really starts, so why, why is what's going on now going on? Because things have to get so bad that the Jews are going to come in agreement with a world leader. Jews come in agreement with it, okay? That's Bible prophecy, okay? I'm promising you. Okay, so how many know all the stuff we're watching now with Gaza, with attacks, with terrorism, with people hating the Jews? All this stuff is leading up to the Jews so tired of fighting and so tired of being afraid for their lives and so tired that when someone comes on the scene, probably in our lifetime, the way things are going fast, it could be any time and begins to make promises of world peace, they're going to be in on it. The only people, for the most part, who won't be in on it are born-again, spirit-filled Christians, the non-lukewarm. Why? Because by then, they're going to be hearing God, walking with God, worshiping God, being a friend with God, understanding the ways of God. They're not looking for a quick escape out from itchy ear preaching, and they're just going to know God. 
And they're going to realize, we got to pray. We got to be interceding and praying for the church. We got to shine. We need to rescue people now. We are so close to a complete deception. We are so close to, to seeing people we care and love and entire generations get re, being set up to take the mark of the beast and not think anything of it. We, we are so close to all of that that we've got to shine. We've got to walk in love. Love never fails. We've got to stand strong while they're persecuting us. This is the real deal. This is what real church is really about right now. Wouldn't you rather know than just be blindsided? So, as you yield and give yourself to God and surrender, think of it this way. Whatever you're holding on to that's more important to you than worshiping the Lord, it's going to be taken from you. Why? Because the enemy has a, a permission to take it because it's idolatry. And that's what the shaking is. The shaking is the enemy's going to come and take whatever he can take. But whatever is divinely protected by God and your relationship with God won't be touched. Get it? Now, here's, here's the hard part. <laughs> you can't play games with God. You cannot manipulate God and act like it's worship so that you get to keep your stuff. I always like, well, they're trying to manipulate God. I'm like, can you? Well, you put God in a box. Can you? I'd like to see that. that he is the box. Even hell is within his box. There's nowhere you can go that he's not. If he's not there, it's not in existence. He is the box. The question is, what part of the box are you going to be assigned to for eternity? I kind of want that city. That new Jerusalem coming out of heaven with his bride. The city that's full of light that you say in his presence so much. It's like being constantly in the very throne room of God where you, from your head to your toe, you're completely, completely, basically pretty much vibrating with the presence of God and joy unspeakable and full of glory and peace and power. And you can't, you, they'll, you'll, you'll go visit people who aren't in that city, but you're going to be taking part of that city with you and you're not going to want to stay long. Other people can come visit there, but I want to live there. If I die serving him and I get to live there, then so be it. The Bible says to die is gain, to die is gain. Now, if you're not living there, that's fine. I still want to get in heaven, right? I still want to be in his kingdom, right? But you guys, I'm at least telling you, you can't play dumb. We didn't know there was a deeper place to go in God. Nobody ever told us. Well, first of all, nobody has to tell you if you're hungry, God will show you. But you must be hungry because you're still here, some of you, for a very long time, which, you know, I get it. It's been a rough road. My prayer, I think the prayer you should pray for yourself, for your kids, and for your grandkids, and for your brothers and your sisters, and everybody else you care about is, God, get them hungry. Those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. Those who don't hunger and thirst won't be filled. How many, I was just thinking right now myself, how many, that's a prayer I need to start praying for some members of my family. I'm not concerned about their salvations. I know they're saved. Yay. But I want them hungry. I want them thirsty. 
I want them to enjoy God. Delight yourself in the ways of the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's a promise. Well, wait a minute. People don't get somehow deep these promises. Delight yourself in God, not in your work, not in TV and YouTube and the mission field and um, uh, cleaning your house or cooking or seeing your grandkids or even your spouse. He says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So we're getting ready to go into praise and worship. And I purposely do this because I want everybody to, to come in unity. And there's actually unity that there's people who can really worship and are already delighting themselves in the Lord. And they're even hungrier with this teaching to delight themselves more in the Lord. And then there's others now who are like, whoa, I, I want to start asking them, how do I delight myself in you? What does that even mean? How do I go there? How do I get out of this place of praise? And if you're not in praise and worship, that's really easy. You stop yourself and you repent. You say, God, forgive me for not thanking you for all the good things in my life. Forgive me for not thanking you for rescuing me from what the devil had planned for me. Thank you, Lord, thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for how you have chosen to order my steps. Thank you for you. And I can honestly say this for the most part. I think for everybody here. That's what's good about a little church. I don't think there's a single person here who wouldn't be at a different place that would be much worse if you hadn't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and started to grow in him. Not a single person. Some of you would be dead by now. Some of you would be so messed up it wouldn't be funny. Your families would be completely torn apart. Some of you would just be completely living for the devil and being in horrific places of bondage so right there everybody can be thankful amen just really really thankful so when it's thankful let's thank him when it's praise and worship let's praise and worship him i i, I seriously think of praising him when karen and the worship team feel led to take us into praise I'm so glad we don't do the traditional, we're going to praise for three songs and we're going to worship for one song and then we're going to take up the offering because we now got you kind of thinking really good about God. Give us your money now. I know we, sometimes the guest speakers probably don't like that I take up the offering before they start speaking because now you're not giving them money because they prophesied over you. Now you're actually giving them what God tells you to give them, not based on their performance but based on hopefully Holy Spirit led, you can always go back and give them more. <laughs> the main reason I do it is because I know once it gets going around here, sometimes it goes a long time and people start leaving and there's nobody left to give an offering, ask for an offering, to be quite honest, although there is a box back there on your way out, people. And then the guest speakers get upset with me because they didn't get a big enough offering, which rarely, rarely happens because we actually give very good offerings because I've been on the other side of it where you go in and you preach your heart out and you drive and you travel and then they give you 50 bucks. One time they gave me 600. That was like amazing for a whole retreat. 
And then the pastor saw how much they gave me, grabbed the money out of the hand of the person who was about to hand it to me, went in the other room and came back and handed it back. And it was like $200 or something. I knew he took like 400 bucks, maybe five, I don't remember. I was mad too. I was mad. I got in the car. I thought I had to go eat lunch with him, but actually he didn't come to the lunch. And Karen was with me and I'm like, can you believe, we saw that, we saw the money because they never usually took offering at this church. They decided to, the elders decided to. And, the, and this guy saw them handing me money and it was, it was like $20 bills and $50 bills. I saw him, he grabbed it, gave me only back the $1 bills and the $5 bills. And it was like down to nothing. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So, but y'all can ask Karen. So I'm driving. I want to have, I was like, we had to go. This was, we were there like three days. So we had to go back to this place to have lunch. I'm thinking, how am I going to look at this man? But he ended up not being there. And, but I just started thinking in the car. I made myself do what the Bible says. This is years ago. I'm like, God, thank you that we got to preach your word here. God, thank you that, that you own his heart. God, thank you that if he needs that money this bad, that's between you and him. God, I just give you praise. I thank you. I bless him. And I just got way out of it. So it didn't even come up in the conversation at lunch. Gave me a great story, though. And about two months later, I get a check from that man in the mail and said, oh, this was some of the offering that somehow I, I forgot to give you. God bugged that man for two months that he had stole money from me and made him give it back. Isn't God cool? He will take care of you. He will take care of you. The whole shaking, the whole end time scenario has one purpose, that the people on planet earth would look to God. And that, that's where we're at. Well, we're at, most of us, especially if you're here, we're looking to God, Right? So we should be enjoying this time. We should be getting strong in this time. We should be selling out if we're not already sold out in this time. And we should be learning the ways of God. So everybody here can thank him during praise. When we get to worship, don't be thanking him. Don't be out loud thanking him. Don't be singing songs out loud. You can sing the songs if you sing it to him face to face with, you know, and you know that's what you're doing. And it's more intimate but if you're not there what a great time to talk to God I'd love to be singing this to you God I'd love to be knowing that you were hearing me I'd love to feel that I'd love to see you looking back at me I'd love to have eyes to see in the spirit I'd love to have I want it and so instead of wasting the worship time you could have something really real happening. Who knows? By the end of the worship time, you may be laid out on the floor by the presence of God and having an experience like you've never, ever imagined. Because that's how good he is. Draw close to him and he will draw close to you. And one other thing with worship, you can see this, um, what is it in, um, where is it? In, is it in Isaiah where, uh, um, he was a man with unclean lips. Yeah. See, that's worship. The minute you get into real worship, you're like, oh God, forgive me. I don't, I'm so unworthy to be looking at you like this. How could you love me? How could you love me? You're so amazing. 
you're so forgiving, you're so kind, you really did die for me. You are everything. That's what really happens when your heart begins to enter into, when your spirit and your heart's in agreement with your spirit and you begin to enter into worship, that's what happens. And in that place of being in his presence and humbling yourself before him, for real, not a, not a formula, all of a sudden, he's just there for you. He's just there for you. He gives grace to the humble. So I'm, I'm, I felt really led this morning after I saw the Lord prophetically have me kind of talk about that last week to help some of you to realize you belong here. And when certain people go to places you're not, I've always been like this. When I see somebody go to places in God I haven't been and it's real, or I see somebody teach beyond what I can teach, instead of getting envious, I get hungry. I want to know you like that. Lord, I want to be able to teach like that. Lord, I want to. Not putting them down, but asking him to take me up. Asking him to take me up higher. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster beauty for ashes ministry we'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic god bless you